What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Talk West podcast. I'm Derek Ross, and with me, as always, is Mike Manganello. Listen, marketing moves fast. New channels, approaches, and technologies are constantly emerging, and expectations for marketing and branding are changing. Leaders today expect answers to questions like, if I spend this money on branding, what will I get for it? We have really big goals. Can I count on marketing to deliver? Or there are lots of different areas of the business that are competing for investment. What's the ROI on an investment in marketing? Giving business leaders perspectives to answer these questions against the backdrop of a fast moving environment is what TalkWest is about. In webinars, podcasts, white papers, and articles, we'll bring you applicable advice and in real life examples from marketers who are leading the way in applying marketing to drive results and grow business value. And joining us for this discussion is Donald Thompson, former CEO of WalkWest, now board chair. He's the CEO of the Diversity Movement and on the Forbes Next 1000 list. We also have Karen Arpiton, who is the current CEO of WalkWest and chair of the board of directors at the American Marketing Association. Welcome to the conversation. Glad to be here. Excited. Thanks, Derek. No problem. No problem. So I know we want to give our listeners as much value as possible. So we're going to jump right into the conversation um, to make sure that we can leave them with as much knowledge and nuggets to take away and apply into their business. And so uh, today's discussion, we'll, we'll kick it off with that strategic level, you know, how brand alignment and business strategy really works, right? You know, when you talk about the value of branding and how it aligns with your business. And so let's open up the dialogue there. Donald, I'll start with you. How do, how do you, from a strategic level, from a high level, when you're thinking about branding and how it ties into business strategy, how are you seeing it apply into business today? So, Derek, thanks for the question, and, and I'm really excited to be here, and I love this topic. One of the things that is really important fundamentally is, right, what is a brand, right? And it is a representation of who you are as a company and the promise that you're making to your stakeholders. And that's something that is growing and maturing, right, and evolving every day. And so a lot of times we think about the brand as simply a logo, as simply a website, but really we need to humanize branding. And that's where a relationship between a company and its employees, a company and its clients really starts and lives. So I wanted to start that as the, the backdrop. The way I'll answer that high level question, and, and I'll be brief because I can't wait to hear from, from Karen on this, is that you want to create an environment with your brand where people understand why you exist and how your existence helps them be successful. And that's whether it is in sport, whether that is in science, depending on what you do, engineering, uh, whether that uh, if you are a public speaker, an executive coach, right? Why are you here? And then how can your engagement with my brand help you meet your goals and live a better life at that altruistic state? But I'll turn it over to Karen and get some of your thoughts, but I do think it's important just to set that foundation as we go a little deeper. That's that's a great foundation to have, Donald. And I also think your notion about the promise that you make to stakeholders is is so relevant. And for business leaders, I, I think for them, they need to think about what is what value, what economic value, um, what other business value can I attract based on that understanding in the marketplace and and based on what my my brand stands for. So I think often people think of brand as as Donald said as a logo or as something that helps sales. And that's certainly a, a key part. I mean if you think about can the market better understand how I can benefit them, that is definitely going to result in more customers coming to you, more of the right type of customers. But more than just those those customers, it is 
can I charge more? You know, because if I have a brand that stands for something that means more, that means more valuable, do I do do I do I have the ability to to get better compensation for my product or service? You know, can I attract better talent? You know, do I want to come work with 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 Donald and the diversity movement or with Karen and the team at Walk West because of the brand? Or, you know, think about all of the other brands that people want to go work for and want to go be a part of now. Certainly that's another value that brand can bring. You know, and for entrepreneurs, one of the other things that many of them are thinking about is what value does that brand add to just the the, the market valuation of my business? And, and, and so, you know, I know many brands that uh, many companies that have been sold that have commanded a premium because they had a stronger brand, because it mattered. Um, and I, th- I think we all know of companies that have been acquired and actually the acquiring company kept their brand because it had so much value. So for the business executive, it helps to start by saying, let me think broadly about all the ways that understanding of the promise I'm making in the market, that that understanding of the distinct space that I occupy in the minds of all of my stakeholders, let me understand what that can mean in so many different ways for my business. I mean, Karen, that is, um, there's there's a couple of points that you outlined that I want to extend, right? And one of them in particular is very clearly linking the growth of a brand to a business value that I can quantify. And I think that's really important for business executives that don't understand all this marketing stuff. And why do I need an agency? And right, we have an email address, we have a website, and we got a cool logo. Why isn't that enough? And the reality is that there's so much competition for mindshare in the marketplace. A successful and powerful brand allows you to be in contention even when you're not physically there. And so the stakeholders that are choosing companies, the employees that are choosing employers are at least checking your website to see what jobs are available when they're looking. A client is at least saying, why am I not including, right, XYZ firm? Because I've heard about them. I've read a white paper from their executive. I've seen them in the news for the excellence that they provide, whether it be marketing, whether it be engineering, whether it be life sciences. And so I think that connection with your brand giving you a leg up on the competition in a measurable, meaningful way. I think that's really powerful, the, the way Karen articulated that. Nice. And I think when you when you think about it, and, and Karen, also what I heard from, from you was it's it, branding is still a direct line to the end game, right? And so even when you're creating the brand and you're thinking about you know, the people that you're going to bring on your team and what you want to, you know, how you want to create the feel, the look, what people think about you when you're leaving the room, it still needs to be the end in mind when you're even creating that beginning thought. That way it connects. Absolutely. And you mentioned that when you're thinking about brand as you're bringing on team um, members, you know, the other thing is the opportunity that you have to bring value to your brand from the people that you bring on your team. I can tell you in my career, I have been so blessed to work with so many great people. And at all the agencies that I worked with, a lot of them, they brought real value to our brand. You know, they, I mean, people would say, Hey, I see you hired fill in the blank. And I could, I could start now and we would not finish. I would not be finished listing them all when we finish this podcast because so many people, particularly in professional services firms, that brings value to your brand. And, and, and so, you know, that is the flip side. Brand should influence all the decisions that you make. It should be your North star. It influences what kind of, you know, products you offer, what kind of services you offer. It influences, um, 
you know, the partnerships, the strategic alliances that you make, and it improve it, it influences what your experience is going to be for your customer. I think the the thing I would add to to that piece when and I just thought in my mind, right? Brand strategy, business impact. Right. If we had to really kind of synthesize some of the points that Karen was was making. And when we think about business impact, it starts at the board or it starts with your frontline professionals. Wherever you start, you have to be top to bottom or bottom to top. It has to be at every touch point that you have, right, with people in your community, people that you're trying to influence. And one of the things that we do sometimes as business leaders is we try to make things so simple and clear that we don't actually look at the full holistic value prop that we can gain. And that's something I've had to work on as a, as a business leader. We start a conversation thinking about our digital presence, but then we forget what are the things about our brand that are helping our sales professionals in the field better articulate the value of our business, right? What are we doing for our HR professionals inside the business that our brand is better articulating how we integrate work-life balance as a company for our new employers? And so when we think about all the functions of the business, and we think about them tactically, we also have to raise and elevate that thinking to think about how the brand impacts uh, the everyday work of the people that we employ uh, and the clients that we're going after. There's one other thing I wanna to touch on, uh, I wanna make sure I, we talk about this, is the role of brand as it relates to your vision for the business. And I've seen this, uh, I think we've all seen this where we have companies that their vision actually moves beyond their original brand. And so you're a CEO and you're chugging along and, you you know, your market perhaps is disrupted. You decide you're going to move from maybe being in one market segment to multiple market segments, or maybe you're moving from providing a certain type of service to you're going to be a tech company. And all of a sudden, that brand that you started with, that sweet spot that you occupy in the market, um, that promise that you've made, it's not big enough to subsume all you're going to be in. You see that out in the world around you. Most brands need to evolve as their as their business model and their market evolves. I think, um, and, and in fact, I've, I've one that I'm familiar with in North Carolina. They're in the logistics space. It's a company that um, has been an Inc. 5000 company many times over. Um, they were originally branded as Transportation Impact, and they started out in one part of um, of the logistics uh, space around around shipping, around freight and shipping. Well, they have evolved now. They are an end-to-end technology solutions company in the logistics space, and they're working all the way from shipping and delivery um, technologies for for shippers to demand and, and forecasting for inventory. And so they're doing all of these different things. Well, their original brand doesn't, doesn't cover all of that. So they rebranded. Uh, they're now, if you look them up, they're Trans Impact. Um, it's a shortening of the brand, but it conveys that they're across the whole transportation spectrum, the whole the whole logistics spectrum, and that they uh, make an impact on business. So they, they kept those things and they rebranded. I, I think we work with a lot of a lot of businesses that are saying, does my brand today really reflect the vision that I have for the business? I was jotting some notes as as Karen was talking and and I thought about brands that influenced me over the years. And and depending on our, our audience, some will remember this and some won't, but there were these commercials that Spike Lee used to do with Michael Jordan. And the tagline was must be the shoes, right? And it would show Michael Jordan doing all these things and it was must be the shoes. And I thought about, right, Nike and the things that they've done well from a branding construct, 
but they created an environment that you felt like, right, if you wore these shoes, you too could be like Mike. And we all knew it wasn't true, right? Like, I mean, come on, like, I mean, but, but, but brands are about a feeling and, and authenticity and different things. And so what are the things you want to kind of measure as a CEO when you're thinking about your brand's impact? And I jotted down a couple notes. Number one, you want to be in business with experts in your field, right? Somebody that is at the top of their game, so to speak, right? Everybody wants to be in business with an expert or wear the clothing, right, of that top entertainer or that top thought leader in a space, right? The second thing is that third-party validation. Who agrees with you that that brand is amazing? Right? And that's where awards and recognition and content that you put out about your brand to reinforce what your brand is. And then the final and the most important thing is if I engage with this brand, am I going to have a successful outcome that matters to me? And so those are the things when I'm thinking about how do you take this big thought brand and then put it into some framework, right? Or a couple of layers, right? That can make really functional sense, if that makes sense. And those are brands that I tend to purchase as a consumer or brands that I want to build as a leader. And so when we think about the diversity, equity, inclusion space, we want people to think about the diversity movement that if you work with us, you have a better chance of winning with your goals around DEI. It doesn't mean we have all the answers. It just means we're going to give you a better chance of success. We want to create expertise, but it's not the expertise that we have. It's expertise we find together. And so now bringing it back to marketing, What's most important, and then Karen, I'll I'll pivot back to you. Who do you need to help you work on your brand? Is it something that you do in-house? Is it something that you hire an expert? Is it a combination of both? I'd love, Karen, some of your thoughts on on how do you think about who helps you get there, not just what it is. Yeah, exactly. And so that, for me, starts with the role of marketing. What is that role within your business. And for, for that to happen, the business leader has to say, what are my expectations? And and there is this myth about being able to um, to evaluate and measure marketing that it can't be measured. There's the old David Ogilvy, I know half of it's wasted. And But the reality is, is there are marketing formulas just like there are formulas for corporate finance. And I would say that for the business executive to really understand that connection between marketing and marketing strategy and brand investments and marketing investments, understand what the role is and then learn the formulas. Learn that if I am, you know, if this is about um, driving education, if I am creating a new category, you know, what, what, if that's the process I've got to take, what level of education do I have to have? How many people do I have to reach and educate before I can get behavior change or before I can have business impact? What are those formulas from that to, how many people do I have have educated about my brand to then move to how many of them are going to consider it? You know, how many people am I going to be able to consider it? What is my what what is my addressable market that I can that I can hope to to win in? And then once I get the consideration, what is my win rate going to be? You know, if I've got somebody evaluating me, what are the real barriers? What is my win rate? going to be? And what do I have to do to push them over the edge? Understand what goes into it. So, you know, understand, okay, well, at that point, they're going to want, they're going to want to trust. They're going to want some of those brand proxies that Donald was talking about. They're going to want testimonials from other customers. They're going to want some sort of ROI calculator that they can have on what you're bringing value to them. But understand those numbers, and then you can evaluate them. And then once you do that, and you understand that, then you go to the, well, how am I going to deliver all of the things that I need to do 
in marketing to just to do the things I need to do to, to drive it, to do the role that I expect for it. Not everything. I think that's one of the, the big uh, mistakes that companies make is they think of marketing as just promotion or they think of it as just creative and materials and brochures. And so they want to make all that they can, but you just, you know, figure out exactly how much do you absolutely need to deliver on those different steps and then focus your resources there. Um, to your point about, about resources, um, Donald, one of the things that, that a lot of clients wrestle with is, is how much shit can I do on my own versus where do I need outside expertise? The question of outside expertise versus in-house, you know, there's a lot of analysis about that. Um, what, what I believe, and coming from an agency that in, in a long agency background, all built on helping clients um, with their marketing, you know, I, I think that um, clients, the, the best solution is a mix. I do not think that clients should go to agencies for everything. That may be heresy, and I, my board chair is here on the on the <laughs> podcast. I'm, I didn't think that through, Derek. Well, you, you're going to have to help me on that. Um, <laughs> but I really think that there are certain things that that should reside. There should be some basic marketing capabilities in house. I, I do think that in in house you should have um, people on your team who really understand the discipline of marketing and who can help connect the business strategy to the marketing strategy inside the client organization. Now, and they need to be that liaison with outside partners. I think there are certain core fundamental things like, but particularly when you get in that consideration and that purchase phase of developing your presentations, your business development decks, your your tools and resources that you're constantly having to change. And in this environment, you need to do more that you need basic graphics and copy. And, and, you know, we do a lot of social media at walk West, but I think a good mix between people who are in-house and on the agency side can help with some of those, those channels as well. But there is definitely a value for, for outside perspective. Yeah, I would add to that in the way that I typically think about it and advise folks to to think about it is don't try to make that choice in a vacuum, right? You're looking for agency partners that are going to help you do what's best for your business. And that agency partner that's going to help you do what's best for your business is going to help you thoughtfully decide what are the best things to keep in-house because there is direct alignment with product education and knowledge, for example. Right. There's direct alignment and time to market and dedication with the resources. And then balancing that, as Karen alluded to, with that quest and that thirst for innovation. The biggest value to look outside of yourself for new insights is because your agency partners are talking to hundreds of businesses. So they're looking at what's working, what's not, what's new, what trends, what is a new brand facade where uh, a tech brand tech company is trying to sell something versus really new innovation. And then the other thing I think you can get from your agency partners is capacity building. I think your right agency partner is going to teach you new things that you can use an agency for initially, and then over time can be brought in-house when it becomes more operationalized. And so when you have a partner, which, which Karen and I are both big fans of developing, our goal right, is to build a better business for our clients. And in doing that, then there's enough work, there's enough revenue, there's enough growth. And so a a telltale sign that you might not quite have the right partner is somebody on that agency side that thinks everything needs to come to the agency. 
versus having a thoughtful dialogue about what's best for your business and how to help you win the market with the resources that you have and using those smartly. One other question I think that um, clients often have to wrestle with is, do I hire a full service agency or do I go out and look for best of breed? You know, I go look out for a best of breed video. Somebody just does video or somebody who just does social media or somebody who just does brand strategy. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that there may have been a time where it was really hard for an agency to do more than one thing. But because there has been really for the last two or three decades, there's been this emphasis on integrated marketing and on things tying together. That that I'm not sure that that best of breed is necessarily as relevant as it might have been once before. You know, I think with digital, with technology, it is very easy for an agency to to have a full service approach. The thing about that is it makes it easier for a client if you can find an agency partner. Maybe they don't do everything that you're going to need, but if they do a handful of those things, it is an, it is easier to build that relationship, that knowledge, that understanding of not only your industry and your business, but also of how you like to work. They can build that understanding of your brand. You're not continuously retraining different partners on your brand and on your business and on your marketing approach and on how you need to present things to your leadership team, for example. You can be more efficient in how you manage that. You know, I think there are certainly some areas where um, going to best and breed or going to somebody new for something, um, a specialist. You know, I think, I mean, the diversity movement is an example of that. I think another example of that is a partner of ours called Abler 360 that does digital accessibility, you know. And so every agency has some automated digital accessibility tool, but we're seeing that that's not enough. And so you need a specialist in some of those areas for a period of time. So, you know, that is part of where I think having that in-house person on your, a, a marketing director, a CMO that you trust, who knows how to manage agency relationships and get the right team set up both inside and out is so vital for an executive. Mm. I love that. You know, one thing I would, would add to that is when you're thinking about how agencies provide and corporate communicators provide value, right, to leaders, Right. And that's whether your agency outside in, whether you're inside the business working through your existing team is how well do you understand the business? Because creative without understanding how the cash machine works, how the company makes money doesn't really tightly align the brand with its promise to, to shareholders. Right. Which is a growing uh, organization, a profitable organization. And so I do think that a lot of times the um, best creative work are folks that have brilliant ideas, but can connect those ideas to how we're trying to move a consumer segment, movement, right? We're trying to move people, right? And organizations to an action in a, in a specific direction. And it's really important for uh, those of us in the creative space to be able to speak in the language of the leadership. And the language of the leadership does have a financial and a measurement component to it. And that's where the CMOs of today are more data-driven than ever before. Because because more dollars are spent in the marketing domain, the justification of those dollars is now higher. Absolutely. And you know, we we do see that CMOs are more data-driven than ever. And that that actually, you know, we're we're delivering a lot of data to leadership from marketing. And it's incumbent upon those of us in marketing to deliver the the numbers that actually matter to the bottom line you know, to, to not get tripped up in those vanity metrics, 
and to say, okay, these are your vanity metrics. This is how they translate into metrics that are, that are going to really matter on your, on, on your cash flow or your sales or your ability to recruit. This is what we're yeah. looking at here. One thing that I'll throw out there that I think is important for all leaders to think about in building their brand, and Karen alluded to it earlier, when we were talking about the people within your business being your powerful brand advocates, companies that are doing things uh, in an innovative way, uh, seeing extreme results in a positive way, right, are shouting from the rooftops about the accomplishments of their people. They're outwardly and authentically proud of the folks that have decided to be a part of their organization and the things they're doing to win in the marketplace. And so that's number one. And then the second thing is that they're doing a really good job of promoting their leaders as experts in their field. And those are things that intertwine and interlock, right? Those brand promises that we're trying to make. Because you don't really know when someone's doing research on you as a leader or on you as a company. And so that means you have to proactively put a stake in the ground of who you are, what you stand for, and what success looks like and feels like as an organization. So that when people are doing their homework on you, it's not reactionary. You've already made those statements in the market. And I'll tell a very quick story. And, and, I, and I won't name drop because I'm under some pretty aggressive uh, uh, NDAs on this. And it's really cool. Like this is a, like I'm doing some work with a client that literally I've not told a lot of people internally of my own company. Like it's, it's, a, it's a stealth project, the billion dollar firm. And I was like, well, how did you find me? Like I, like I literally, I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm pretty confident individual, but I'm like, you know, and they said, well, we did our research. We were, we were looking for some very specific things to work on this programming. And you all had a lot of good information that we could vet you even before we met you. And this was real, like this happened, like literally I, I got the, the green light for, for this a, a week ago, that we were able to vet you without even meeting you. So scary version is what if we didn't put our best foot forward, right, in the things that we shared about our brand, about our company, about what we do and how we do it. And so a lot of times companies and individuals were very good at presenting when we have that opportunity to do so, agency pitch an interview for an employee, all of these different things. But a lot of us are being evaluated because of the digital space and we don't know it. So what is our brand doing for us while we're sleeping? What is our brand doing for us when we're not able to be in the room? And that's the thing I encourage executives to think about. Is your brand working for you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year in a way that you're proud of? And, and if you can answer that, yes, then good to go. I applaud you. You're probably one of the top brands in the world. If it's no, and like me, it, it, I'm happy, but it can be better, right? That's the way I kind of kind of think about it as, as we go through. I, I love that. That's, that's fantastic. Um, and Donald, I think you're being modest because your brand definitely works and, and for you a lot. I would say I knew your brand and your reputation before you and I ever met. And so I, I agree with you, though, if, if an executive can say that their brand is working for them um, all the time. That is a, a, a pretty rare, rare trait. I would also say, though, I think that it can sometimes feel daunting when you look at that. And it doesn't have to be. There are certainly ways, again, if you get really focused about your, your, your market and where it has to work, and if you get really focused about what are the key things that you need to do 
and set priorities. That is one of the main things that an executive can do for their their brand team, for their marketing team, for their sales team. Understand what do I need marketing to do? And that's not just the promotional piece in terms of branding and other things. That's also, you know, my my product. How do I need, you know, I may I may need some help defining better defining my product. What is the most important thing for, for marketing to do? It may be price, it may be um, the customer experience or, or distribution that needs work. And so get clear about those things and then what's going to happen there what's, versus what's going to happen in product development or business development, which is for me that, that, that sort of middle space between marketing and sales. What's happening there? You, know, you may be expecting too much of one piece mm. of the marketing, um, marketing pie. That's good stuff. The The thing that I want to amplify of what I just heard that gives me hope too is a leader, right? Because we're learning from each other and I learn from Karen all the time. There's some simple things you can start with. And that's just important to remember because a lot of times we're dealing with clients that write that first $50,000 on brand or that first $100,000 or that first $10,000, right? Is a big decision in moving in a direction to where you're not the subject matter expert. And so like anything else where you may or may not be the subject matter expert, you can test things. You can get a blueprint to try things and frame them out in a certain area and then build momentum as you go. And so again, I I am a little leery of folks that tell me I've got to be all in on something, right? When somebody's trying to sell me something or you're just not committed. I usually flip it, right? If you can't tell me how to stair step it, then you're not very good at your job, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, but people are, you know, we all have these angles we're running on, on folks. But I do love that, that Karen described that, right? There's some fundamental things that you can do of all levels in your, in your business. The key is getting started and building that momentum over time. Exactly. And I would say it starts with, you did this early and I'm going to, at WalkWest, you know, our our why, our mission, our value to clients is really simple. It is to create growth together. And that speaks to the main value that we have, which is helping companies drive growth, tangible, measurable results in growth. But it, it, it comes from, from creating something that wasn't there. And then it's a, the together is, a, is how we do it. And, and for no matter what your why is or what your value proposition and where you start is making sure that everybody on your leadership team knows that and is saying it at every chance that they get. And then it's making sure that all of your, all your employees know that and are saying that. And if you think that's simple and that that is being done, I promise you, We've done research. Most companies do not have that. And most most teams are not saying that over and over. And so start there and then you can begin to amplify from just that very simple foundation with your internal audiences. Mm. I got nothing to add to that. That was great. (laughs) Uh, Well, this has been fun. This is this is a lot of fun. (laughs) I I think. you know, when I reflect on this podcast and, and I, I had a great time just getting ready, just kind of because you th- you put your ideas together and you want to give folks something that is valuable, right, for them listening and, and spending that, that 30 minutes with us. Learning is fun. The, the last thing that I would say, and then Karen, I'll give you kind of the, the last word, is that anytime something's new to you or you, you, you're working with a team that they may have more subject matter expertise, the thing I encourage people to do is just ask questions. A couple of things are true. The talented folks on your team will love to teach you something. So if you just give them the space to ask a few more questions, not so much in that quarterly business review mindset, 
right? Or, or that review mindset. But tell me what you're learning about our brand that could be improved. Tell me what our competitors are doing brand-wise in the marketplace that we need to step up to the plate. There's an amazing amount of knowledge within your current team, but as leaders, we got to give them the space to speak a little bit more openly, a little bit more clearly and candidly about what they're seeing and understanding. And when I've done that, I've certainly heard some things that I didn't want to hear. I've heard some investments I might not have wanted to make, but need to, but the learning was super valuable and it allowed us to grow in different ways and help clients better. I think that I think that's great. Um, and I would say also most of the executives, most of the, the, the C-level people that I have worked with in my career did not come up through marketing. I mean, I've worked with a lot of CMOs, a lot of directors of marketing. But if you look at a lot of CEOs, they come from finance. You know, in this market, they are they are, they were a CTO. They started a, they they were a tech entrepreneur or healthcare, life sciences. They're a scientist, and they say, Karen, I, you know, I'm a scientist. I don't understand marketing. I'm, and I and I want to say to them, you 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 understand so much more than that, and that the the discipline that you bring to um, science or finance or any other part of the business operations, the, the process thinking that you bring, the organizational thinking that you bring, the questioning, the, the analysis and synthesis that you bring, the, the, the data that approach that you bring in all of those are, are very transferable to marketing. It's just simply spending the time with the team to understand it and to get really clear about what marketing can accomplish for your organization and what maybe it shouldn't be um, asked to do. So that's how I would wrap. Wow. Mango, what a what a powerful conversation. Like I'm sitting here and I'm trying to take notes and pay attention at the same time. And I think this has been, you know, a lot of times we have to recognize the gems that are in our 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 space, right? In our network where we can learn from and glean from. And I'm honored to say that, you know, Donald and Karen are in my my circle of influence that I'm excited to learn from as well. Yeah. I mean, I feel the same way. I remember meeting Donald over two years ago, you know, and having that initial conversation and reason I joined Walk West was for him and his, you know, his mindset and just kind of his background and experience and being that kind of mentor and um, the ability to really kind of help help people when needed. And I agreed with that. both of you guys were talking about, and I always talk to, to, to my people about, if you're not asking questions, you're not learning, right? Because we all don't know everything. And I always have a feeling that if somebody goes silent or doesn't know what they're doing or just isn't vocal about stuff, I always get worried about that. So um, I have a whole other theory, which could be another podcast, about the what if way of being creative. You know, continue to ask, what if you do this? What if you do that? But continue to question and learn. So all all great points between uh, Donald and Karen. Good stuff. Karen, thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It was great spending time with you. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the Talk West podcast. If you like this show, show us some love by pressing the subscribe and follow button on whatever podcast app you're using right now. And if you really like it, how about giving us a rating and review and sharing with your friends as well? Also, if your company is looking for marketing and branding help, Mango, myself, and the rest of the Walk West team want to hear from you. Visit walkwest.com or send us an email to hello at walkwest.com and we'll set up a time to discuss how we can help. That's all for today. For Mike Manganello, I'm Derek Ross, and we'll see you next time on the Talk West podcast.